Hello and welcome to the ETPHD Mentoring Podcast, the business podcast that will help you grow your business and yourself within a flourishing and healthful life, whatever that looks like for you. Like, share and subscribe to the pod for the ultimate good karma and reach out to us with any questions that you have. The details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the ETPHD Mentoring Podcast with myself and Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello, I am... I'm in a weird, weird place today, you know, when you can feel like, I don't know, a bit anxious, nothing to feel anxious about, but it just means like I am triple checking everything that I do. Yeah, because you're like, I wouldn't just have this feeling for no reason. If I don't know what it is, then it's something that I don't know about. Yeah, it's probably not. It's probably not. It's probably just your general being. Yeah, yeah it's totally fine. <laughs> How are you? <clears throat> just choking on my cinnamon bun. Uh, sorry, my baklava bun. Here, do you see baklava mm-hmm. or bak- baklava? I think I say baklava. Because when I ordered it, I said, a, a baklava bun, please. And then she looked at me and I was like, oh no, does she say baklava? And I've just sounded Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I delicious. Know. I don't know what it, um, I, I feel like we should have freedom to say it how we want. <laughs> we, like to, we like to sound cultured though. We like to sound like we know what we're talking about. But it was delicious nonetheless. But I was just talking mm-hmm. on that. So I apologise in advance. Um. I'm good, thank you. I'm, 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 the words that come to mind for me, I'm a little bit sad today because my family moved back to America this morning um, and they've been in the UK for a year. So that's a little bit sad, but that's okay. Um, I feel a little bit like similar to you. I'm just triple checking everything because we launched our group program last week. And I mean, let me just say, and I said this <laughs> because she runs a lot of group programs and I said, you know, respect to group program runners of of course like some of the people that I mentor run group programs I I see it from that side but to have spent probably a full week on systems and um like integrations and email journeys and getting everything right to then wake up on launch day to 45 emails saying the link doesn't work was quite spectacular for me given that <laughs> two hours for, until mid no not till midnight till half past 11 the night before I'd messaged you I was up trying to sort stuff out because something else had gone wrong and then the link went wrong and then um we used telegram for our community and then telegram banned me and hacked me and is now sending out spam messages and I couldn't get into the group is it really <laughs> Lynn said I just got this from your old telegram account and it's some sort of sales thing about I don't even know what it's about so I've been hacked um so I'm recovering from that we're still I'm still kind of picking up this this, and it's so for me it was very a humbling reminder of you can you can work as like I I worked put a lot of time and effort into doing everything right there and it still went quote quote wrong in many places it was definitely definitely imperfect action for sure and it's fine and you know you saw we obviously talked a lot on Friday and I and I did have a very um hyper aroused Friday let's go with that and I felt like I didn't breathe until 6 p.m which is fine it doesn't happen to me very often anyway I'm on the come down from that so I'm just I'm still a bit on the come down from that of just trying to organize that that side of things and it's yeah it's just that reminder of like honestly we all everything goes wrong a lot lot of things go wrong all the time and you there's only so much of it you can control and then if something happens you just go okay something happens like you can't change it and 
So that was a nice reminder. And I'm also a week late on my period. So never do that. Never plan a launch on the day that you're due your period, especially and if... And a full moon. I mean... Yeah. And a full moon. Everything was against you that day. I'm not going <laughs> to I should have planned better. There was me thinking I'd planned anything, but I hadn't looked at both my menstrual cycle or the lunar cycle. If I had, maybe none of those things would have happened. Yeah, no. Bad, bad move on that. Lessons learned. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So other than that, you know all things are swell and great and I was just writing a post on Instagram just there for the mentoring page around I suppose managing expectations because it's so interesting I was having a conversation with someone about so that's a really useful start to the story <laughs> about like the messages that we see and the messages that like we choose to see versus the messages that we need to see and I think who I definitely was speaking to one of the people that I mentor about this about like this sometimes we feel like we need to rest more and we need to take a step back and you know we need to stop people pleasing and we need to do all these things and actually sometimes I think the opposite is true and we see the messages like rest more relax more you can't do your best work when you're not recovered and actually the problem is not that we're not rested the problem is that we're not purposeful the problem is we're not excited about what we're doing the problem is not we're we're not intentional and ultimately like you know there's this kind of negative narrative around feeling a sense of achievement when you accomplish something I don't think that's a bad thing yes don't tie your entire worth to your productivity but I don't think it's a bad thing to seek or to get to feel a sense of reward or joy um or contentment from achieving and I think sometimes when we're feeling like we're not going anywhere we're like I need to take a step back and refresh which is for sure sometimes and you know when someone is able to take a week off and not work for me is a huge huge win for the people that I work with but on the flip side of that I think sometimes the opposite is true and it's like no it's because you're spending 60 hours a week fanning around on Canva and taking six hours to write like to reply to your clients and all of these things where it's like no it's not that you need time off it's that you need to be much more intentional and productive and uh, focused on the work that you are doing and you get the joy from that right so I was just thinking about that today it's so true like I have I found it I remember talking to you might have been might have been in my one-to-one where I was like oh I feel like I'm coasting like like because things were feeling easy I was really focused I was and then the last couple of weeks I'm like not overwhelmed but it is it's it's I had to have that check-in with myself this week and be like no you're fine you've got the same stuff going on but you're not focused yeah and and it's one of those things you know when you're like flitting between tasks and you're like no 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 just focus on what you need to do and then you'll get through it and move on to the next and it will all be fine like well you know I love what I do and wouldn't have it any other way but it's just having that check-in with yourself like I rest just fine sometimes don't get me wrong it could be more intentional with actually maybe doing your yoga instead of watching another episode of Friends although Friends is totally legit right now let's be honest but yeah sometimes it, it is just like having a bit of a word with yourself at times yeah yeah I agree and you know what I thought was quite interesting was I went to Malta with Lucy a couple of weeks ago and I worked when we were there so really I had two and a half days off um so Saturday Sunday and half of Monday Friday and 
I've got more creative, productive, focused, energized from two and a half days off in that setting with that person, you know, in the activities that we did, than I did the entire week off that I took a month before where I really did take the entire week off. But, you know, I was with my boyfriend and we were like going to see family and friends and we were going all across all these different cities and it was amazing. But I didn't come back at all rested. And it's like, oh, but you've had a holiday. And it's like, that to me was not the right type of rest that then allowed me to then be focused. I then took literally, yeah, it's not even two and a half days off. It's the weekend plus half a day. And um, But how was your holiday in Malta though? (laughs) We're not on holiday. <laughs> I used to get so annoyed at that when you do you ever get that like when you're working but you're working someone else and it's like oh my gosh you're, where are you holidaying to now leave me alone Brenda I'm working Honestly, I'm in Starbucks the, like, the the week I was in Austin I was like yeah but it wasn't really work was it I was like no no I got all of my work done just even faster because I didn't have all of the usual distractions like yeah. more efficient work it was great yeah, there's a lot to be said from working on a different time zone too, because you get like, especially in Austin, everyone's awake until like 2 p.m. And then aside from clients that I've got in the States or Australia, New Zealand way, which is slightly different time-wise, you basically then have like from 2 p.m. onwards to be in like that the deep work zone. It's quite nice. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get cracking on the questions. Do you want to go first? Yes, uh, I recently lost a client that had said the coaching hadn't met their expectations after two weeks. It's really knocked my confidence. Any advice how I can move through this? Okay, has this ever happened to you? I think. I'm sure it has. It's definitely happened to me. It's definitely happened to me. So that's one thing. It happens sometimes. It's not, I mean, I say this, it hasn't happened to me touch wood in about five years but it, it definitely has happened um and all you can really do in this situation is ask them like like thanks for the feedback what were your expectations um and then you reflect on okay well did I manage to meet those expectations should I have met those expectations because you might start with a client or a person and they say they don't they, they think that they have 24 7 whatsapp support they think that they are like you're doing calls with them every week etc etc so when you're not meeting these expectations they're like well I'm not getting what I thought I'd get but that's not your that's not that you should do more it's that you need to then look at okay well how am I managing people's expectations before they come in and the reason that that hasn't happened to me in five years I imagine is because as a team we manage expectations from the get-go like we're very clear we talk about what we do still not enough because no one ever talks about what they do enough we talk about what we do we map out client roadmaps and we tell people like from the get-go this is what your this is what the communication is going to be like and especially with um when I'm working in the mentoring side of things everyone that works with me like and same with you will ask like what are your expectations of this relationship because then when it comes to working together, I want to know that I'm either meeting their expectations or if I'm not going to meet those expectations, we can have that conversation in advance and say, okay, so you expect phone calls daily at midnight. That's not feasible for me or that's not something I do. And I think this is a good time to check your language too, because especially if you're just speaking to clients about like this, if you're trying to manage expectations and someone asks you to do something, we often will say like, oh, I can't do that. So someone said to me, um, I want to book a call at 4 p.m. And I have a I have 4 p.m. free. 
I would either, if I was people pleasing, but I'd rather see my mum, right? If I was people pleasing, I would just say, oh, well, I'll just do it anyway and let my mum down, which is not really people pleasing because I'm going to let my mum down. Or I would say, oh, I can't actually do 4pm, but it's like, no, no, I don't do 4pm calls. I mean, I do. This is just an example. I don't do 4pm calls because that's the time that I spend with my family. And it's so like, we're so often like when we say things, we say, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, you can do it. You choose not to do it and, and you have to own that. I think that's really, if for you, it's a really empowering way of wording things. Um, But also for your client, it's not like you're saying, oh, I can't do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, no, I don't do that, but I do that. I do do this. Helps with managing expectations. Um, And I think all you can do is really learn from that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that like you said, the, the way in which you like you want to be boundaries you want to have but you still want that flexibility with boundaries in helping with the expectations so it's not a a hard no and you're not falling into the people pleasing and almost building up that expectation of well she let me squeeze in a call last time so I can just do that again next week it'll be fine um and I think like I think I actually include that in terms of like on my calendly booking system it's it's this is when like you can book in obviously I've got my availability but also like cancellations rescheduling just to give myself because I might look at my day and be like oh I've got a free afternoon great I don't want I might choose to squeeze someone in but typically I don't want someone booking like two hours in advance without me um without me knowing yeah it's funny isn't it because we're like well it's free time so it's there if someone wants it it's like no but you're a business that's intentional time for something else um your diary yeah your diary and yours isn't obviously but like your diary should never be open all the time for people to just book it whenever so yeah ask ask what their expectations were ask people moving forward what their expectations are to start with um, and then just learn from it and decide and make a choice was that something i'm willing to do or not okay posting on social media when there's literally a war happening it feels very out of touch to be talking about nutrition and body image and taking space into people's Instagram feeds. I can't help but feel like I'm being completely ignorant. We had a really good chat about this in the coaching group, didn't we? In voicing kind of your opinions on things and acknowledging acknowledging your privilege that you can be mindful and aware of what is going on around the world but also like we have the ability to kind of or we can shut it away for a little bit and not have to think about it and maybe that's something that potentially you could do is to talk a little bit more about it and find that balance so it's not feeling as though you're completely ignoring it right now um but allowing you to still show up for your business um I it was a couple of weeks ago I had the fear I've not had the fear when I've put something on my story for a long time but it was a post that really resonated with me because it's one of those things that I I know I'm not educated enough about what's going on which is why I've chosen not to share things about it and it was basically just a post saying just that in I'm learning 
I'm choosing not to voice an opinion until I'm a bit more educated on things. But honestly, the fear before posting that, because I was like, what if people think that I just don't care? And it's like, no, 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 that's that's not the point. But the feedback from doing something like that was incredible. So I'm actually really pleased that I, I did that in the end. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really tough. And like you said, we we definitely felt it and I still feel it. Um, I actually had a dream about it the other night, not about Instagram, but about the current situation. And I think that was a manifestation of me feeling quite guilty um and but but the point is it's not got nothing to do with me and I think this is something that we have to be mindful of in the sense of I don't mean it's nothing to do with me we shouldn't care but I mean we we shouldn't be centering ourselves in it and this is what we all naturally do right as we go how how can I help what can I do and that's so important and I think all of us educating ourselves and like I've definitely been trying to learn a lot more about what's actually going on and having conversations with people who who are more aware um and I feel guilty that I wasn't so aware until now. And I, so, I, so, but again, it's not about my guilt. It's, actually, it's really not, not about how I feel. Um, I think it's, I think it's tough. You have no obligation to talk about it. Just because you're not talking about it doesn't mean that you don't care. And someone that I really respect, um, a girl, a woman who is an activist and, is just she's incredible she recently sued the met police and won she's just she's incredible but she has been very vocal and and kind of you know talking a lot about her anger towards people not talking about it people with power not talking about it and i really and i've been watching it and i've really sat with it i thought she's talking to me not directly at me but potentially directly at me. i don't know and i've had to sit with it and go okay should I talk about it because I feel bad because I'm not because someone else says that I should be doing it and I still I've, I've said a couple of things on my stories and that's that's kind of it um I think like is me talking about it going to be beneficial and I don't know the answer to that I, I I sort of don't think it will be but then is that that's maybe naive that my voice doesn't have some sort of power in some way and, and I feel this extra layer of it because I think well I talk about abortion rights and I talk about um sexual abuse in our industry and all these things that you know could impact me so is that just me again centering myself point is we don't know and it's hard and it, and you and we feel the guilt of just being talking about cinnamon buns when realistically there's you know the world is at war there's mass genocide happening and and so we do recognize that but I think the I think all you can do is say what feels right for me without thinking about other people's expectations of me if I feel guilty about this can I contribute in a way that's helpful out on on social media or not but also that's one thing but your business is separate to that and and it is still important you not posting about your work is not going to help the situation so I think you can hold space for both um yeah it's it it's a it's really really tough I think and yeah. I think have you seen the posts that are like remember to look after yourself at this hard time those are the ones that, those are the ones I'm struggling with because I just think me in my mum's house in Edinburgh eating my mug, mug baklava cinnamon bun does not you know losing like having a nightmare about what's going on in the world does not need to practice self-care about what's going on in the world it's not about it's not about us yes manage your environment you know if you if if you feel like it's overtaking your life don't watch some of these instagram posts that are just like 
very graphic. But I don't I don't love that narrative. I find that quite problematic. But then maybe that's a personal thing. No, I don't think so. But I do think like if you are I'm mindful of how this is going to come across, but if you are someone that is struggling with showing up on social media at the moment or feeling like it's wrong to be kind of posting business stuff. I think keep in mind that so many people will be using social media as a bit of an escape from it and and almost kind of keeping in mind that like obviously we always talk about how one post can help one person but in that sense I know myself I, I do scroll to get away from a lot of rubbish that is happening and actually sometimes people might just want to see your content and go yeah do you know what that's that's what I need to see today mm, agreed um best way to build your mailing list realistically create a good a solid lead gen and then talk about it all the time do at least two feed posts a week with a very clear call to action um directing people to it talk about it don't limit yourself also to just one thing and don't overthink it so you might have a solid lead gen which is like an ebook or a webinar or whatever you want it to be um that is solving a large majority of your audience's problem not oh i really love talking about vegan sources of fish or like fake fish so i'm gonna do a recipe book on that one nobody likes recipe books on the whole like i don't think anyway well that's not true i think now it's hard because you can get recipes online um and let's be honest you can get them on lucy's website so like i i don't think i, I think the point is pick something for your niche that's genuinely helpful and have that but don't spend hours and hours and hours on it is one thing but the other thing is you can create things and we've spoken about this before you can create things in a half an hour that you can use as a lead gentle stick it behind an email wall add to your email list honestly talk about it lots and lots and lots and I obviously not obviously but I recently recorded that copywriting lecture in the Kajabi site for our people that we mentor and on there was some of the stuff around writing copywriting emails and the other part of this is you have to write good emails you have to provide value consistently regularly not doing an email then stopping for a few weeks and doing an email and then stopping for weeks like every week every single week in your own voice not copying someone else's style giving value showing your personality having you know click through links to added things to added resources to added free stuff stuff that you already do with clients that people can see um that's how you build it talking about it and doing it more and more yeah just thinking i should probably probably take action on that as well <laughs> listen i wasn't looking at you intentionally <laughs> no, wait if the shoe fits cat fits shoe shoe i don't know don't know <laughs> who knows um okay it's been interesting getting feedback from current clients about the posts i've been making so this person um has in-person clients and has and is moving more online and has been recently been showing up a lot more on social media, which is fab. I think some of them may feel a little thrown off because they signed up to work with me for help with fat loss. And I've been supporting them with that, but I haven't always communicated to them directly some of the advice I'm sharing on social media. For example, one of my clients disagreed about quote unquote accepting her body as it is. 
when she strongly feels as though she can't accept her body how it is right now because she's not quote unquote supposed to be carrying this extra weight and it doesn't feel like her body at the moment etc I found that conversation quite challenging to have because it felt emotionally charged. I think it's also a symptom of something I've always struggled with as a coach, which is how to actually guide people out of this hating your body, skinny mentality. I mean, it's always going to be a lot more difficult having that conversation in person, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But it sounds as though it's a bit more of a a confidence thing rather as in confidence in your ability to to well speak about these things and you, and your confidence in your knowledge as well in in terms of if we think about it like we you are not saying that this client needs to love her body as it is it's saying well actually we know that if you can accept and appreciate your body, you're going to be more able to make those changes um, and separating self-worth from from how she looks all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two parts to this question, right? There's the fact is that you will say stuff on social media that you've not communicated to people directly. It doesn't matter if they're in person or online. Sometimes I'll share a technique on Instagram and then someone will be like, oh, I was looking at that. Well, could we try that? Like, sure, because especially as a, as a coach you want to develop this endless list of tools in your toolbox that you can provide clients with as and when they need them that are most suitable for them that's what makes it person-centered coaching otherwise everyone will be getting just like a blanket okay this week you're going to do this and then next week you're going to do that so it's actually a strength and something to own if someone hasn't necessarily heard the message that you're sharing on social media it's also a good point to think, okay, well, how could I articulate this? Is this something that I want to articulate more to my clients? Could I write um, a, an article from a substack from a website on why hating your body doesn't allow you to change your body, for example, or isn't have a way? Or could you do a podcast on that? And then that, because the way that you your content should be directed is what your clients really need to hear, which clearly it is, because this person does need to hear that. But the this is highlights the problem with social media is that it doesn't make space for nuance it doesn't make space for discussion you're limited in how much you can say and so people don't necessarily understand what you're saying fully and that's what's happened in this situation so this is amazing there's a need for you to develop this into further long form content so that's great the other side of this is well not the other side but the other part of this is this kind of difficulty in articulating that and and I agree with everything you said on this Anna um again with with supporting clients with this type of thing you can depends on the client sometimes I'll say oh you know there's tons of research around this I know like it feels like this is the right way to go but we've actually got tons of research I can send you if you want I've never really sent anyone research for about five years but there's obviously option around um self-compassion and self-criticism and their relationship with things like disordered eating binge eating bmi etc um but realistically you could have a conversation and say i totally hear you but in all the past times when you've hated your body and to change has that ever got you to not just get to where you want to be with your body but then maintain it probably not because that's why she says you said she's in the she's carrying excess weight compared to where she wants to be 
So to get to this point, hating her body has not worked. So can you say, okay, well, you don't have to believe me, but to get to this point, you you feel like you're not happy in your body, hating your body hasn't worked. So I wonder if you could just give me three months to try something in a different way to develop that respect for your body and see how that impacts things. Um, and then just having the confidence in yourself and your methods to say that, which does take a bit of time and, and practice. How to deal with clients that are rude. At times, I'm not sure they're aware of how they come across, but I find I'm struggling to keep my cool when replying to them. Um, this is where meditation is great in my <laughs> Developing this ability to respond, not react. Never reply in an instant. Always take some time out. Go for a walk. Go to the gym. Do something. Let it out. Always, always do that, even if it's the next day. Um my kind of key thing here is to say like this is not about you like this is a, this, this is a them problem don't say that obviously but especially if you're working with someone who's maybe a new to your business and new to your coaching program realistically they're probably with you because they've had a hard time they are overwhelmed they're stressed they're tired of doing diet after diet after diet they're frustrated with having people tell them different stuff all the time and I don't know what they are rude about. And it's not okay to be rude. But can you take that compassionate stance of this person is doing the best from where they can right now? And and that sucks for them because that's where their headspace is. But it's don't take it on as you. This is it's not nothing to do with you. And I think that can be quite a helpful frame. That being said, if someone is rude to one of you guys, uh that and that's how this has happened before, I do I do get my back up then because I just I don't know why that hits different, but it does. Um, and that, that that pisses me off. But I'll still do the same thing, usually. If someone's consistently rude, I certainly will say, I appreciate this is really difficult for you. Um, sometimes the way that you phrase things um, can come across as quite rude. And I appreciate, I'm sure that it's not meant to do that. Um, but I would really love it if, if we could either have this conversation on a call rather than email just to, you know, manage the tone. Um, or like change the way that we have our conversations or, or something like that. If it was consistently rude, that would be what I would do. But at the risk, not calling them rude. Or you could just say something like, you know, I think there's some miscommunication here because I feel like I'm not, I'm unable to sense the tone of this conversation via message. Do that more than calling them rude. Definitely don't call them rude. <laughs> I would as well, like, check in. And it's something that I do often. I think because like you say, when working with clients for some time, obviously you get to know them, you get to kind of understand how they, well, how they write in our sense, in our check-ins. And like you said, someone, someone new might be coming across as quite rude. But for me, I have often fallen into blunt being rude or short being rude and it's almost have going like like I say having that check-in with yourself and going well I don't know what's going on for them they might be doing this whilst they're juggling kids at home or trying to get their check-in on time because they have that people pleaser and they don't want to be late and they're just rushing trying to get it in with everything else and almost having that check-in with yourself and going I don't know what's going on compassionate stamps right okay well how can I maybe open up this conversation a little bit more mm -hmm. 
Yeah, agree. And the other thing is to remember that this person might not be neurotypical, and they're mm-hmm. and, and I don't mean that if you're neurodiverse, then you're root. That's not what I mean at all. But communication styles can be different sometimes, and especially when that communication is written, things can come like you can read something in an entirely different way than it was meant. Um, and you might not you might not be neurotypical either. So just keep that in mind, and like a lot can get lost. I even do that. Like I do that with texts of people I know. <laughs> like, oh my god, what did you mean by that? Like, yeah, no, no. Or thumbs up. My boyfriend just <laughs> thumbs up, and I was like, look okay, this is not going to work for me. Every single time, I feel like you hate me. And he was like, what are you talking about? It's an American thing. It's fine to do thumbs up there. It's not It's not fine here. I've never done one since you said it. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't. Good. Don't take it the wrong way. Good. And sometimes there's actually a need for them too. And you're like, nope. Like Lynn today, she did thumbs up in our, in our group chat. She's like, I'm just doing it because I want to confirm this. <laughs> Clarification, we like that. Obviously, a lot of chat on socials at the moment is about Christmas and New Year. Do you have any tips for hitting January with a bang and setting up for a good year? <laughs> Mine's gone blank. I can't even think that far ahead. <laughs> um, I, I can I'll jump in first. It's like th- this is the thing when there's two people on a podcast, right? And then you've answered the question. You've got to answer first or you mm-hmm. ask the question. Anyway, um. Honestly, I actually had a call with someone today and we were setting this up um, because she's on holiday over Christmas. So we're doing like a pre-Christmas, what we're going to do pre-Christmas and then what we're going to do post-Christmas to, to to support that. I think there's a couple of things. It's like reflect on your year. That's one of the most important things is to reflect on, okay, what did I set out to do this year? Did Did I do that? Did I achieve that? Did I progress in that way, in that direction in some way? Yes. What went well? What didn't? You know, no. Why not? Was it a choice? Great. Was it not a choice and you've been procrastinating, putting something off? Okay, well, what can we learn from that? So I think reflecting on the the, the past year is good. And then, of course, thinking about your goals. Now, I'm not a huge, like, long-term goal setter, but I am a year-long kind of intention-setting person of, roughly areas that I know that I want to focus on so that if I so for example the start of my years the last few years I'll have certain business like metrics that I want to hit um and certain directions for the business that I want to go in but then I also have like one of my main focuses has been developing like a romantic relationship and and I'm not afraid to say that that would be on there so that if I was halfway through the year and maybe wasn't where I want to be with one of those things I could look back and say oh but that's okay because remember this is what your focus is these are what your values are are these still your values do you still want to do that so having a really solid not just first of January oh I want to increase my income by two grand a month and then I want to not you know not a quick journal but like sit down and really think about what do I value what's realistic what's important to me and then what might this look like? What ideas have I had business-wise? And I don't believe in setting them in stone either. Like, I don't believe in being like, I want to take on four coaches this year. No, but you might want to think, well, I want to have more impact this year. So I need to think of a way to do that as an example. So that reflection setting is really, really important. And then I think realistically, when it comes to clients and helping more people, you really, now is the time. In fact, I just wrote a post on this. Now is the time to get into the headspace of your potential client and think, what is their headspace now for the next three months, realistically? 
And also keep in mind that, yes, some people might get an increase in, in um, inquiries and stuff in January. A lot of people won't be signing up until the end of January because of finances and stuff. And it's a five-week month. It's brutal. So are can you do anything to um, boost engagement, get people onto your email list, maybe start a bit of a free a free thing um in January that is showing people your worth, your coaching. Are you pushing socials, etc., around that time so that when people are ready to um invest in themselves in that way, you're the person that they think of? Yeah, I misheard the question and thought it was about social media. Apologies for not paying attention. Oh yeah, no. I think well yeah, I mean a lot of chat on socials at the moment. So no. So, no but, but as as you were saying like on the social media front I've had a lot of conversations this week in terms of because a lot of the coaches are supporting relationship with food and it's kind of getting out of the mentality of starting in January and that's why like we don't see that influx like so many other coaches will see in January with just more of a, a steady flow but I think in terms of kind of setting yourself up for what's it January with a bang absolutely in terms of like get reflecting now I it's taken me years to get to a point where I will quite happily like set a yearly goal because fear of failure so I never (laughs) used to set them but for me it's it's mm, it's more intention I think in how I want to show up what I want to bring to business and coaching and clients and like last year my intention was just to say yes to more things and that's been going pretty well so I'm going to keep it probably um but also just weighing up like generally like what's been going well what hasn't been if if it hasn't been why hasn't it what maybe might need a bit more attention or focus moving forwards yeah agreed and then look at your personal values look at your business values and then look at, okay, well, what actions am I taking in line with each of those values in each realm of my life? If I value connection, what am I doing? If I value impact, what am I doing? I'm not just like, okay, I'm going to keep showing up on social media three times a week. Like, think a bit bigger. Think a bit bigger. Maybe we'll direct our group call to some of that stuff in the next couple of months. Um. Okay, do you have another question? Are you done? I'm done. I'm okay, done. great questions. Keep them coming in. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Bye. Bye.